So we, uh, we started a new series last week uh, with Avery. Does anybody remember what that series is? Mankind. Yeah, that's a good summary for it. Um, I don't know which, if that was Emma, em, Emmy, Emmy. All right, good job. Uh, Avery opened up our series. It's technically a, the a series on biblical manhood and womanhood. But as she said last week, we talked about mankind as a whole, humanity as a whole. Um, and the fact that both men and women share a common purpose, a common role. And that is to glorify God and enjoy him in fellowship forever. And that's the purpose that God created all of humanity for. But now we're going to dive into it a little more. We're going to get to the specifics, um, the unique purposes for men and for women that we're designed for. So I'm going to start out this week, and I'm going to talk about uh, how God designed women. I'm just kidding. I'm going to talk about men. Amy will be up here next week, and she'll talk about women. I don't know anything about women. You can ask my wife. So that would be a really useless 20 minutes of your life. Uh, but we're going to talk about man's purpose tonight, uh, the male species. And yes, as stupid as we seem at times, there is a purpose for us. Um, so ladies, you'll want to pay attention to uh, this isn't just a, like a how to be a man speech. <laughs> but for me growing up, um, my example of what a man was uh, mostly came from my grandpa. And uh, outside of my dad, my dad was around, he still is, but... Um, I'll talk about him a little later. For me, it was my grandpa because I grew up with like five TV channels, so I didn't get a lot of like media in my life when I was young. We didn't have cable until sometime when I was in middle school or later. Um, and uh, so I was watching, I mean, I watched Sesame Street and Barney and Bill Nye the Science Guy. That was like all I watched growing up, right? So when I looked to see what I was supposed to, what I was supposed to do as a boy, as a man, I was looking to my grandpa. And he was a great guy. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he drove transports in the Vietnam War. Um, so he was taking guys and supplies back and forth from the front lines to the camps and all that. Uh, he loved his wife really well. He raised up three boys that they had. Um, he named them Louis, Larry, and Lloyd. Um, I don't know why. I never really got to ask him. I was young when he passed away. But my dad's Lloyd. He's the youngest. Um, and I just thought it was cool that they went with the alliteration. Um, and then he also, he worked for the same company his entire life. One company pretty much after he got out of the army. And that was a Trailways Bus Company, which was bought by Greyhound Bus Company, if you've ever seen the big Greyhound buses, which is actually now owned by a casino, but you know, business, it's weird. Uh, but he worked for this one company his entire life, and he was dedicated to it, and he worked hard, and he actually worked his way up to become in charge of the depot in Pittsburgh. That's where I was born and we grew up. He was in charge of the whole Trailways bus depot, in charge of everything that went on there. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> we want to shut those doors, maybe, somebody? Thanks. So I, I loved my grandpa. He was an amazing man. But being from an older generation that he was, um, that was kind of more stuck in one particularly worldly stereotype of what a man was, um, he was not ever really one to talk about feelings. He wasn't one to talk about what was going on inside. And at least that was my impression of him. I mean, he, he passed away uh, when I was maybe seven or eight. I was pretty young. Um, and I don't really have memories of him getting emotional about things or really ever discussing his thoughts and his feelings. Um, and he was a very strong man. Even when he was sick at the end, he, he passed away because he was a smoker. He had lung and uh, heart issues. Um, and he was strong throughout that, but he never, he never talked about what was going on through that. He never was touchy-feely. Um, we, we knew he loved his family, but he wasn't really overflowing with expressing it. And that's just kind of the, the strong, silent type 
stereotype that we see so often that uh, the world tries to tell us men have to be. You have to be powerful, but no emotion. You can, you can be strong and funny and, and quick and witted, and you can be smart, but you don't talk about your emotions, you don't talk about what's going on, uh, boys don't cry, you're just strong and quiet about what's going on, you're a, you're a gentle storm, I think, is sometimes things thrown away that way. And that often leads us men to some really stupid decisions on how to act because we feel like we have to lift up and portray that strong stereotype. And so if, I'm going to give you a few examples, some stories that some students shared with me last week um, about where uh, they kind of show how this stereotype can lead us astray as we're trying to make decisions, we're trying to do things. Some of the stories also just kind of show that men are stupid and it's funny that we are stupid. Um, and I'm going to use their stories instead of mine. Uh, I'm not going to give you their names, but uh, first off, we had, uh, I had one guy telling me, he was hanging out with some friends, um, and simply, uh, he had, they had a stapler, I don't know the whole situation, I don't know what was going on, um, but somebody told him he couldn't staple his own finger, or that he wouldn't staple his own finger. So, of course, puts his finger in the stapler, slams it down, there's a little bit of blood, you can imagine. Same guy also told me, I, don't, I didn't ask too many questions, I didn't see it happen, so I wasn't responsible, um, but same guy was also with another group of friends at a bonfire, similar situation, they're roasting marshmallows, somebody says that he wouldn't put out a marshmallow with his bare hands, and I think we've all lit marshmallows on fire before, and the, it's like a torch, right, it's flaming, it's gooey and burning, um, so of course somebody lights a marshmallow on fire, and he walks up and claps it between his hands to try to put it out. Immediately is screaming, running away to get all this hot, gooey stuff off his hands. I think he said he knocked somebody over on his, his way away from the fire in such a hurry. But, um, and, and, some, and he said um, that for the thrill of it, he'd do it again, some of those things. Um, but another guy was saying that he uh, was off with a bunch of just guys, and they wanted an adventure, um, and they they knew that there was this drain pipe back in the woods and they wanted to go explore it. They didn't know where it went, how long it was, what was in there. And so they decided to go bushwhacking through the woods to find it. So, you know, there's no trail, there's no way to get there, um, and they just want to go see it. Um, it's a really manly exploration, right? Just traipsing through the woods to find a pipe in the woods. Um, so they, they just storm off into the woods without thinking, without planning, without knowing where they're going. And not very far in, they step on a yellow jacket's nest which, of course, swarms out around them, starts stinging everybody. They swell up real big. I don't even think he said they got like a quarter of the way there before they had to turn back. And my last story, and this one mostly just makes me laugh, uh, so another guy was saying that he uh, and some friends were out walking in what he called not the greatest neighborhood. I don't know what that means. I didn't press more. I don't know if this is Georgia or what, but we live in Johns Creek, so I don't really know what that means. Um, but they were walking, and then there was this field that they passed, and the field had a goat in it. And for some reason, he really, really wanted to pet the goat. I don't know why we all have impulses that drive us at times, but he really wanted to pet this goat. And so, of course, there's a fence around the field. You got to keep your goats in, in check, right? So there's a fence around the field, and he goes to hop the fence, but it's an electrified fence. And so he grabs it to start jumping and real quick has to let go because that thing zaps him really bad. And so hopefully from now on, he's going to look before he leaps over things. 
Uh, but anyways, those are just a few small examples of how sometimes, guys, we feel like we have to be macho, we have to be the strong, silent type. We don't, we, there's sometimes the pressure to not think things through because men just are gung-ho and go and do. But it leads us down some paths that lead to like, some physical harm at times, and it's not the greatest thing. And that strong, silent man stereotype that the world portrays isn't what God designed men to be. It feels like it fits because we, we have strength, we have power, we have these things in, in us that we feel, but that's not it. God has a much fuller role, role for men to play. And girls, again, like I said, you'll really want to listen to this tonight because um, you've seen examples like these stories I've just shared of how idiotic we can be, Right? And so you want to you see what it's, what it's meant for, what biblical manhood is, what godly men are called to be, because we need you to help hold us to that standard also, as we'll hold ourselves to, and we'll talk about that. Um, but we need you to not expect less from us than these things. So let's, let's dive into the truth. And the truth is that men of God are servant leaders. Now, servant leaders might be a phrase you've heard before, might be something you've heard thrown around, and we're going to dive into it a little bit. But this is displayed throughout all of Scripture, throughout all of God's Word, this role He has for men to be a servant leader. We see it in the Bible in the men that are called men of God in, the, in their lives and how they act. Uh, we see it in what the Bible calls men to when it has to call them out. And we also see it um, in the way Jesus lived Himself. God designed men to lead by example and by service. And now since the role of man is spread throughout Scripture so much, there's not really one passage we can just go look to um, and get the, the how, to be a, how to be a godly man taught. Uh, but there's a few main ideas that summarize what it means to be a servant leader that we see over and over and over again. Um, and we're going to walk through this little list that I actually first got a while back off of a, a church's site, Watermark Church, a good church out in Dallas. Um, and we're going to use this kind of as our framework for the evening. And we'll go through the list and I'll expound a bit on each verse, or each one, and give a verse and some thoughts as we go. Um, but here, it's going to be five things. Here um, is what God calls men to be, what he calls them to. He calls them to, number one, step up. Second Samuel says in uh, chapter 10, when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army, the mighty men, be strong and let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. This passage comes out of a time when Israel's attacked, right? And David and his men step up to defend Israel, to lead Israel out of this situation. They see a need and they step up. We are called to step up, to lead, to initiate, to be men of action, Assuming it's your job and your moment when you see that opportunity, to hate apathy and reject passivity. So often in our world now, men are lazy. But men are designed to step up and lead when the opportunity comes. So our first thing that a godly man does is step up. Our second one is speak out. 1 Peter 3 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. There we go. And then Proverbs 31 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, 
judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. So we're called to speak out. Silence in the midst of a sin is a sin. God calls us to call out when we see that truth isn't happening. To be courageous and to fear God and not man. It doesn't matter what that person's going to think when we stand up on truth. We're called to speak out against injustice and to speak that truth in love with gentleness. And we shouldn't be worried about what, how people are going to react to that because we're chasing after God. Number three is stand strong. 1 Corinthians 15, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. So stand strong when challenged. Don't give in when you're attacked or criticized for your faith, for that truth that you're speaking out on. Stand on the truth of God's word. It's your foundation as a man of God. Number four, and we're going to sit on this one a little longer. Number four is stay humble. 1 Peter 5, this is 5 through 7, says, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Don't think less of yourself, though. Humility is about thinking of yourself less. And that might be a phrase you've heard before, and I love it because it's so true. Being a man of God and being humble doesn't mean that you, like, if you know you are good at something, that's a God-given gift he gave you, doesn't mean you have to try to convince yourself you're not. It just means that that isn't about you. He didn't make you a good athlete so that you could get glory for yourself. He didn't make you smart so that you could make a whole lot of money for yourself in a business one day. He didn't make you creative so that you could um, act out and plays and become a famous actor one day and have all the money you wanted. He gave you those things. He makes us good at things for him. So being humble doesn't mean that we're degrading ourselves but that we are thinking of ourselves less. It's about a selflessness. It's also about being quick to confess and repent when we're wrong, which men is, you know, it's the hardest thing to do. I think we always argue our ways into more wrongness when we're called out. And it's also asking for help when you need it. Just like the beginning of that verse said, young men, be subject to your elders. Go into those that know better than you. Now I'm stopping here for a second a little longer because those first three things I kind of three things I kind of breezed through, um, those are easy things for men to get behind, right? I need to step up, I need to speak out, I need to stand strong. Like heck yeah, that's being a man. Right? That's easy for us to want to do. But hu- being humble and humility, that's hard because that starts getting into kind of our own sin and our own pride issues there. We're told day in and day out that we need to make ourselves stand out that we need to boast of our own accomplishments, that this world is about lifting ourselves up. We're told that we should be able to handle it all on our own, um, and then when we fail, we can't admit that we failed because we're supposed to handle it on our own. We're supposed to be building up our own self-image, and if we fail, that hurts our pride. 
But I'll happily admit to you guys that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for being broken and being able to go to older men. To humbly walk up and be like, I need some help here. And for me, that was my, I had a high school small group leader named Mark. He was uh, with my group for all four years. I had a college pastor named Rick. He actually married Jackie and I also. And then, and still till today, is my dad. These men were and are amazing men of God who lived all this out in front of me and showed me all of this as I was growing up to see an example of what godly men were to be able to go to them and ask for their advice when I realized that it wasn't about me. And the reason that a man of God is humble and seeks to stay humble is because that gives glory back to God. It, a man of God is not seeking to build up his own fortunes and his own kingdom, but God's. Everything good that I have and everything good that I ever I do or comes somehow out of me is because of Christ. I actually have this tattoo on my arm to help remind me of that. Because as a lot of guys, pride is something that I've dealt with throughout the years. The verse on here is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Men think we have to have it all together and that we have to be able to do it all. But Christ works so much through our weakness. So let me boast in this in a second, for a second. I'm not good at speaking. It scares me to do this, to get up here and talk to you guys about the Word of God. Um, I think it's one of my weak spots. I struggle with the prep for it. It's not something that comes easy to me. There are a lot, of, a lot of other things that come easy to me than this. I'd rather get up here and host a program or produce the program from the back because I think that I'm better at those things and that makes me look good because I'm doing something better. But speaking on God's truth is a little terrifying because he's entrusting me to handle his word for all you to hear tonight. But as I am weak, his grace shines through. I've been involved in ministry in some form for the last six, seven years on kind of more of an official basis. And do that during that time, I've had students come to me and thank me for a talk because they say that God uses it to help them understand something better, to help them grow more in their walk. And I thank Jesus that that is possible and that he worked in my weakness because there's no way that was me. So when it comes to speaking, instead of not ever speaking because I'm afraid to do it and I don't want to mess up and I don't think I do it well, I try to think less of what people are going to think of me when I do it and how they'll react and how they'll see me. And I try to think more about what God wants to potentially work through me. Because a godly man is able to humble himself so that everything isn't about him but rather pushes focus to God. And that leads us into our last role for a godly man, which is to serve the king. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
And Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serving the King. Seeking first his kingdom, his glory, and his righteousness. Hoping in the internal and living for that greater reward instead of living for our own built rewards here. This is the last one on our list, but it's also the foundation and the most important. You may think it's obvious, well, duh, if, it's, if someone's a godly man, then they're going to love God. But we've got to talk about it and we've got to remember it because it is the focus of everything. A godly man loves God and knows Christ as his Lord and Savior. Above all, we are called to serve the King. And if you've been in the, uh, in the main service for the last couple of weeks with Jeff speaking um, about the gospel and what that means, about how this is a king that came to earth to live as one of us and died on a cross so that every single one of our sins was covered, that he took that penalty for it. And that's the king that a godly man serves. If a man isn't serving God above all else, then there's no way that He's ever going to be able to stand up when he needs to in that leadership role, to speak up about the truth that God has taught him, to stand strong in hard times, and to stay humble and give God the glory. Because it's those that live for God that he empowers through his Son and Spirit to follow him. It's nothing, this list of things isn't a how to be a good man that I'm trying to give you guys, or what to look for in a husband. These are things that result from a man that's chasing after God with his whole heart. We might want it to be a checklist. As guys, we so often want to like open up the Bible or go online and find that quick answer. We like simple things. Right? We're not very complex creatures when we get down to it. Have you all ever heard the metaphor that uh, men are waffles and girls are spaghetti? Right, so a man's brain is a waffle and has compartments and is simple and there's this, this, and this, but a woman's brain, it's all thrown together, everything's connected. Men don't make connections very well. We're not that quick. We want a simple answer. But that's not what this is. This isn't a to-do list. The only, the only thing close to to-do on here is serve the king. To be chasing after God. To when we come to know that Jesus as our Christ or as our Savior and as our Lord, that's where all this starts. Someone that's trying to claim to be a godly man but doesn't believe in Jesus, it's not going to happen. A man of God is a servant leader, one who lives not for himself but for the king because he knows what the king has done for him. Just as Jeff was talking about this week, if you heard him, we're compelled into it. It's that amazing, that gospel truth. Now we can see all this all over the scriptures, all these different things that describe a servant leader and describe a man. Um, but like I said, sometimes as men, we need the reminder of this. We need, to, we need to see it laid out that this is what we're... Go back one. These five things. The stand up, um, speak out, step up, stand strong, stay humble. We need these things laid out in front of us as reminders. And so while um, the application from this sort of talk might seem like 
serve the king, as I was just saying. What I want to challenge you guys with tonight is to hold each other accountable to that. We're not called to do it alone, just as we saw back in the verse I used with humility about young men going to their elders. Whether you're male or female, tonight I want to challenge you to help anybody that you know is a, is a godly man or striving to, that someone is a believer, to help them stay accountable to this. So guys, don't let your friends forget these things. When you see a Christian brother not living this out, remember to speak out. And girls, it's the same thing. Call a guy out. Call your Christian brother out. We're a family. And really, don't settle for less. If you, if you know a guy, if you know a friend, or one day, you know, when you're like 35 and you're dating, if you know that this guy is a believer, don't let him be less than this. This is what God is calling us to. He might still need some growth, but we need people around us to get to this. God designed men to be servant leaders. When we are his children desiring to serve him, serve the king first and foremost, he works through us some amazing things and empowers us to do all these things, to step up, to speak out, to stand strong, and to stay humble. And it is really cool to see what God does through men of God. You can see it all throughout the scriptures, all the different stories of David and Noah. So this is what we look for in ourselves. This is what we ask God to help us with. To seek first his kingdom, to not be building up our own selves in this world to boast of ourselves, but to seek first his kingdom so that we might lead by serving. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you, uh, in your wisdom, sought to create both man and woman and that you gave us both uniqueness. And while we're both images of you, you kind of gave us each a piece, Lord. And it can be hard to understand that at times, and it can be hard to live it out. But, Lord, we just pray for the strength to do that, because um, we are weak. <laughs> Men are weak. Um, we so often are chasing ourselves and our own pride and not your kingdom. And, Lord, we, I just ask for every man in here um, for the power to really be walking as a man of God, and not as a man searching to serve our own selves. It's in your name we pray. Amen.